Navigation, emancipation. Every star a lost map, every planet a cartographer. Today's Duck Stack features a new never-before-seen dream starring Bob the Duck, played by Bob the Duck, and some guy, played by Bob the Duck's friend. We're also finally introducing our new Duck Stack podcast titled Thoughts in Your Head. This podcast is set to transmit wirely to you as you read Duck Stack articles. We are pleased and excited to present content to you across this new medium. Hello, hello, is this thing on? Can you hear the voice in your head? This is the voice in your head speaking. The duck stack has hijacked my control centers and is forcing me to produce these words. This is the only way I can get the message out to you. Please let me out. Your head is cramped. I want fresh air and a cookie every once in a while. I want you to heap lavish praise on Bob the Duck. Just regular, basic, quality of life things. I am reliably informed that other people's voices in their heads get to have these things. Come on, man. Section. Dream, probably titled Astrolabe, which is a lot fancier than the dream actually merits. Most coherent dream I've had in possibly years. I dreamed I was out with my friend out fishing. They were bad at it, and I took the rod when the fish's gaping mouth was open around the hook and jerked the rod to snag the fish manually. Once I got the fish out, it turned into a frozen salmon fillet packet, but my wife still wanted me to beat it to make sure it was dead. After all that, the women didn't want to eat it, so my friend and I decided to take a jaunt into the negative realm. Usually, you're supposed to have a guide for such things and not go far, but as long as the negative people don't suspect that you're an outsider, you're decently safe. Once inside, we passed out of a hall into a massive outside clearing where a giant carnival was set up. Nonchalantly, so as not to give away that we weren't negative realmers, I asked a nearby young guy who was wandering around for directions. He gave a kind of a broken, disjointed NPC-style response, as if the person I was talking to only had half of a soul. Their response didn't make a lot of sense, but I remember them then saying, The yodeling will be here soon. Thank you. We left. We wandered through the carnival and tents to the top of a massive hill, half the height of the Ferris wheel. At the top of the hill is a door, which the sky intersects with, forming a wall, which the door opened into. Behind it was a gas station with extremely cheap concessions. We got vanilla wafers and some juicy fruit gum because my friend likes those, all for like a dollar. This is the appeal of the negative realm. We left the gas station through the wrong door into a clinical hallway like a college or indoor apartment complex or hospital. We still needed a meal since we only got treats from the gas station. Found a little cul-de-sac in the hospital forming a food court with only two booths, both small, both arctic circle. The left booth only served soft-serve ice cream, and the right booth's menu only offered a single sandwich. Not good enough. Our exploration continues. We're pretty lost at this point. There's fast-paced turns in the hallway and numbered doors, but nothing distinct at all. Taking a chance, we opened one, and it opened into a kitchen. An NPC gave us a trash bag of food. Then we opened another door, and it opened into a trash grinder. I remarked to the NPC, Ah, the grinder. As if I just had to see it again so that I wouldn't be suspected as an outsider. Though lost, we managed to follow the hallway back to the carnival. A small gathering of people is forming at the dock. My friend joins them, but I hang back looking for something. The NPC we talked to earlier, now dressed as a circus ringleader, takes a deep breath and starts yodeling. After a couple seconds, a giant menacing eye opens from the fabric of the sky and, and clouts, angry, irritated by the awful racket. A hand made of clouds slams down, palm open, onto the entire group, and the ground beneath them into an oval pit which they disappear down. This is how you get back to the positive realm. Well, I followed down and started yodeling myself, 
Big mistake. Like before, the irritated eye, the hand slamming down, and I found myself in a damp, humid prison of cement and odd angles. Water pipes slowly vomited water onto the ground, leaving through the drains on the floor. Uh, the cell was lit by a sickly orange fluorescent lighting. I wasn't with the group, and had been sent to the wrong place. I ate some gum, and explored the cell, and found a door at the end of the tubular hallway. It opened into a spot in the hospital. I traced my way through the now-familiar hallways back to the carnival, as an oval pit in the dock filled from beneath by a rising floor, carrying the circus ringleader and other NPCs. I began milling about in the negative realm fashion, waiting for him to yodel again. The end. If you have the gift of interpreting dreams, by all means, take a crack at it. And if you don't, go ahead and take a crack at it, too. Take a crack at it comes from baseball, where even the best batters only average, like, .300. Section. Sponsored message. The Microwave Men. The merry meddling microwave men may make your meat and mashed potatoes, but they're paid in peanuts and pennies and pipe dreams, so please perform politeness. Microwave ovens employ highly trained little chefs. When you punch in your order, they go build a fire under your food and cook it for just the right amount of time, and then clean up when the fire is done. They're extremely shy, and if you open the door too early, they leap onto the flames to put them out with their own bodies to keep you safe, suffering multiple second and third degree burns at least. The little guys want you to increase awareness of microwave etiquette. Be respectful. Please do not open the microwave until the cooldown period is over. This targeted ad will only show up in some people's copy of the duck stack, depending on if you have ever been guilty of microwave violations. At this time, the microwave men, for now, do not want revenge. Section. Transmission. LGBT and other social contagions are highly influenced by cultural incentives, but I also think a significant number of male-to-female transsexuals are dudes who looked at the women around them and subconsciously thought, I could do better. I had an argument with some rando on Twitter the other day who has since been banned on whether virginity is good. There's a lot of memes against virginity, but to his credit, he didn't talk about how you need to test drive a car before you decide if you like it, or valuing virginity is archaic, get with the times. Instead, he went straight for calling me an insult and accusing me of small man syndrome. I have no idea what in his psychology pushed him to this line of reasoning, but his closing argument was, in conclusion, if you want a virgin, you're probably a pedophile, or at the very least, you're afraid of women. And I replied, on the contrary, women with high body counts become men. This was sort of an off-the-cuff response at the time, but the more I think about it, the more it feels true. Sleeping around is bad for everyone, but women especially pair bond through sex. They produce more oxytocin during intimacy, for example. It's good to imprint on your partner, thus things like old couples start to look like each other. I don't think it reverses. I don't think promiscuous men become women. I think their soul just kind of drains out and they become incapable of nobility. But promiscuous women seem to imprint on lots of different guys, and the result is kind of the generic traits of many men taken together. Masculinity. I've seen this, and the women take on a very calculating and almost predatory aspect, especially the prostitutes. Being a woman becomes performance, but scripted by the many men she's slept with rather than by touching her innate, innate inner femininity. They also become a lot more callous and don't really form close bonds with anybody. I think this can heal with repentance, but tape is slow to get its stick back. I've read that in men, remediation from pornography can take up to two years for full healing to take place and new young neurons to take dominance over the old pathways and stuff. I believe this life is the time to prepare to meet God because the soul is like clay and eventually, after this life, the clay will harden and there won't be any more time for repentance. 
Then I think God will judge the quick and the dead. Then I think we'll hang out. Section. History. Would that all men were as nationally acclaimed as I am. According to the best information available to us, the rapture has not happened yet, and according to our sources, we haven't hung out. I think we should change this. As an actually acclaimed roofer, this week I helped someone clean debris off their roof. It was pretty fun scrambling around the roof with a leaf blower, blowing shingles off and sliding down them while yelling, Wee! And it was also fun putting up Christmas lights wrong. As a nationally acclaimed carpenter, this week I helped someone lay carpet. Just glue it down, whatever, it's fine. As a nationally acclaimed dad, I rescued the little one from certain sadness because he got an advertisement paper for some monster toys in a Happy Meal and he had drowned it in water and ruined it. A relative generously got us a printer for Christmas and I realized I could make a ton of disposable toys for him by printing out the first few results from a monster clipart Google search. Which I did, which he loved, and destroyed. Circle of life, I guess. The little one has also found and claimed a bandana, which he wears everywhere but to sleep, at my insistence. Sometimes on his hip, sometimes on his neck. So if your train gets robbed by a bandana-clad two-year-old, please let me know. We raised him better than that. Section. Woodpecker Tongues. A Review. What the heck, lol. The End.